Hello friends, welcome to the episode. A few things I helpfully forget to say in the episode that I'm telling you now. Uh, Don't forget to listen to the whole episode because we have some very exciting news at the end that you're going to want to hear. And also don't forget to donate us money so we can afford to do things like actually record in person together at ko-fi.com forward slash you ought to know. That's ko-fi.com forward slash you ought to know. And here is the show. Quattro! to last month's episode because it was actually interesting and informative uh well i'm back and i'm here to ruin that uh i am grace sarah say hello hi grace you know um i regret to inform listeners that grace is back from the dead after i killed her off guess who's Um, back in the house well i was gonna say guess who's back back again grace is back from the dead Genius. (laughs) (laughs) Genius. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why they pay us nothing at all. Uh, you may notice yeah. we have some delightful laughter in the background that's not just inside our heads, and that's because I, at least, am recording with real live actual guests. Oh my god. I know we're so professional now. Look at us. <laughs> we're so real. Uh, special guests, introduce yourself. Kelly, say hello. Hi. And Tasha, say hello. Hello. <laughs> there we go. Real life people. <laughs> real life and we all sound the same, so no one can tell us apart. <laughs> Good start. We are a hive mind. Yeah, just uh, English women all sat miles away from each other. Well, well know, I'm we miles actually, away. We actually have uh, un American and Tasha. What What do you want to be what classified as? Yeah. A European? Yeah, you Mexican German. But very European. There you go. <laughs> we got all the all the POCs. We've got a melting pot right here. So Ooh. this week, uh, we are talking about this week, this month, this right here, right now. We talk about a really exciting subject, which is Selena and specifically her music to honor her birthday that's coming up on the sixteenth of April, which is hopefully when this will go live. But Sarah, I have promised you one thing, and before we start, I will allow you. <laughs> For the fans out there and for the people that are expecting more of what they got in last month's episode, I'll allow you to talk about the Star Wars for one minute. Go. One minute? I don't even know what to say. I can't think about anything else. I had to take one drag of weed. One. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would like to join you in talking about the Star War. Um, The War of the Star. The War of the Star. The singular Star War. Yes, this one Star War, the Star War to end all of the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I was emotional. I was super emotional. Did somebody somebody says like um what is it at the end like you're never alone or people will always come back. <laughs> I'm not making it sound very emotional. It's like what? <laughs> but no I was one's just ever like, really oh, gone. Goodness. Yes, thank you. No one's ever really mm-hmm. gone. And obviously, like that's the shot where it's Ray hugging Carrie Fisher. Oh. I lost my mind. <laughs> 
I lost it. I fully cry. And I'm obviously going to, like, it's it's disgusting how much money Disney is going to make this year and how much of my oh, no. money they're going <laughs> to No, I just, I think by now we've all given in to Mickey Mouse. Oh, that's fine. If we don't engage with his content, he'll come with a sniper in our houses. <sighs> Murder us. So yeah, you know what? I watched this, like, I really liked The Last Jedi. So I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm here for this now. Maybe I'm ready to go on this journey. Watched trailer last night. Great trailer. I'm I'm ready to watch the film. That's, um, that's kind of all I have to say, but I'm on board. And I would also like to say that I would love to be married to Adam Driver. Ooh. And that is what I will say okay. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I He's think tall. we all would. I He's literally. Oh, sorry. If you're looking for any sister wives, I'm free. But he's literally yeah. space Darcy in this trilogy. It's amazing. Uh, his botched proposal, and there's a little clip of him from the new one with his cape billowing in the wind oh. in the desert. Oh, oh man. He hasn't taken a shower in months. It's amazing. <laughs> Drops emoji. Yeah, that's a man. That's a man right there. Okay, I think that's... <laughs> okay, so now we're all That may have been over a minute, but that was worth <laughs> worth everything we gave it. Um, uh, yeah. Let's, let's go on to an actual real thing that we're talking about this, <laughs> this episode. <laughs> the biddy biddy bomb bomb bonanza. Yes, the bonanza to end all bonanzas. So, for, like, I feel like a lot of people have a lot of love for Selena, but there are definitely people out there that don't know who she is. So, does someone want to give a sort of a potted summary of Selena? And then also, uh, if both of you, and you as well, Sarah, can tell me, how did you first hear of Selena and also get into her music? Do you want to do this, Tasha? Or Stella? No, okay, oh. don't do this. There's a lot of pressure to summarize. I know it's difficult. <laughs> it is a lot. Okay, so basically, Selena was a. Tell me if I'm mispronouncing, it, but like Tejano yeah, superstar, Tejana. Tejana. Um, and basically, what that means is that she is a descendant from the Mexican people that were there when Texas was Mexico. Um, uh, so just let that sink in, all of you people who uh, are aware of the political situation in America right now. Um, and uh, she, it was the, their, their music tradition is, is very dominated by men, but not only did she sort of break all of these professional barriers in that um, genre of music, but she also uh, was just like well known um, in America because she she won best the grammy for best crossover album is that correct yeah and so yeah people people loved her and she unfortunately um i'm sure we'll get into this but she died very young but she died at 23 um and she accomplished so much within that time like she's she's basically a child star Mm. um and she um and her sister and brother um who formed the band selena y los dinos (laughs) Uh, um, we have to talk about Selena's, but <laughs> I mean, like, by their father Abraham, Abraham because he was a singer in when in his youth, and uh, his band was called Los Dinos. Which yeah, became, yeah, that created a new group for his kids. Yeah, I, just, I in the we'll we'll get to the film as well, but I also just have to say I love the way that that actress and I can't remember what her name is now, but she plays Selena's mother. 
and she was like five years older than Jennifer yeah. Lopez at the time as well. <laughs> Thanks, Hollywood. Shout out to you. Um, but the way that she says Abraham is my favorite thing in the entire world because she's always just like, Abraham. It's just like <laughs> the exasperation is so real. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that is, um, oh, and how we came to Selena. Yeah, how did you guys come to Disney Park? Because I feel like you've got very different, like, roots. Exa- yeah. yeah, I don't remember, honestly, cause, because the thing is, she died when I was, like, a toddler, but I think I must have, I, I always felt, I don't remember the first time I listened to a Selena song. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely remember um, the Amor Provido um, music video coming on television and just being like, mm. I mean, we'll play it. <laughs> I shouldn't, like, hum it because that's terrible. But, um, yeah, I sort of always uh, had a kind of awareness of her. And I imagine a lot of that is also to do with the film, which um, my older cousins would stick me and my younger, and, you know, can, my um, cousins who were the same age as me, like, when they were babysitting us, they knew we loved Selena, so they would just like put it on and uh, they would keep us occupied <laughs> for a couple of hours <laughs> dancing in the living room <laughs> while they like do whatever they had to do. So, um, yeah, that's me. And Tasha? Yeah, so um, I mean, even though I'm half Mexican, I was never raised in Mexico, so my mom tried to expose me to as much Mexican culture as possible. And uh, so I grew up listening to a lot of um, Gloria Trevi, Thalia, like a lot of the big singers from like um, from the 70s to the early 90s. But Selena was a bit before my time and I don't think my mum was as much a fan of her as, as she was for Thalia. Um, but no, I definitely, I think, yeah, I definitely heard her songs when I was a little kid and I think I watched the film at a super young age and for the mm-hmm. longest time whenever I thought of Selena I always uh, pictured her as J-Lo <laughs> because at that time we didn't even have access to like um, live um, VHS tapes of her concerts or like, mm. any images to like really picture her with yeah. we don't have the access we do now with YouTube and everything um, so yeah but yeah I think that's like how I was exposed to her music but and the interesting thing, I mean, she Jennifer Lopez does look a lot yeah. like yeah. Selena, mm. and she gets a lot. Of, oh, we'll get into that. But she gets a lot of mannerisms really like her. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and like a certain film recently about a <laughs> 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 fan. Um, there's a great video on YouTube as well where it um does a. Uh, sort of matchup of Jennifer uh, Lopez performing in the yeah, film yeah, and yeah. her um, Selena show uh, at the Houston um, uh, is, is Houston Dome or something? Uh, Astrodome. Yeah, Houston yeah. Astrodome. I'm not from Houston. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it is a, amazing how, actually how studied that performance is. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, there, I mean, there was a bit of controversy. We should point out that Jennifer Lopez is fully Puerto Rican yeah, and yeah, not Mexican. <laughs> so, um, and, but people, beca- because also that was like pre-Twitter, uh, yeah. pre-internet really, people were upset initially because the film sort of started production shortly after Selena's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were upset, but then I think because that film was so great and because Jennifer Lopez, like, performed with such care and really, like, um, uh, meticulously um, studied and, and put together a, a really genuinely like 
sincere and honest portrayal of Selena. I think it just won her a lot of goodwill that she drove <laughs> like she like she I, I in my opinion I think Jennifer Lopez is still riding a lot of Selena Goodwill oh, <laughs> with people and yeah. women agree on <laughs> I said before we started taping I was like are we gonna end up dragging J-Lo on it this podcast like we already have. Well, I mean we started you've got to give her props she like she turned that role where she didn't even use her own singing voice mm. into five engagements who can say who else can say that not yeah. many people into five engagements and um several mediocre albums <laughs> <laughs> and stealing all of like ashanti and brandy and christina milian's songs like, oh and mariah don't forget mariah oh of course of course oh jennifer jennifer, <laughs> jennifer. <laughs> she's literally like, her whole career is just taking from other better artists <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> who all she fell off a... for one reason or another either death or just oh a decline in popularity <laughs> I, will, I will say though and guess what uh in a very unprecedented move to this podcast we are sidetracking i think jada is a really good actress not in, this. in every <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah she's really good in outside as well no, just me. Mm. I, I can't think of a single other Jennifer Lopez performance where I was just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Made in Manhattan. She should have won the Oscar. She's oh. good in Made in Manhattan. She's yeah. good in Made in Manhattan. Yeah. Mm. She has to be attracted to Republicans. I mean, <laughs> well, no, a Republican played by Ray Fiennes, and you can really get get out of here. I don't know if we can curse on this podcast, but like, get out of here because you know how I feel about Ray Fiennes, and you know you said that just to <laughs> incite me to violence. Do you think he's a Tory? That's oh, he's absolutely well. Okay, let's not. I don't want to like. He's get in related with to British. Tories for sure. I don't even need to look that. He's absolutely yeah. He's an aristocrat. Mm. We're like descended from people who owned like yeah. like I feel landed gentry. We're saying all this. Google <laughs> where is it? <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that he is like very very wealthy before his like acting career. Oh, he's a he's a slur, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, he's a slur. But that's but okay. Been nice I love anyway, him. Anyway, you know who should have been, uh, <laughs> who should have been given an honor? Selena. See what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's, we're here to celebrate her. Yes. Um, Sarah, how did you get into her? Well, um, well, we did have this discussion a couple weeks ago, didn't we? <laughs> I panicked. And I was like, I only know bitty bitty bum bum and come along for. But um. I became aware of her presence really on the internet. I hadn't mm. heard of her at all before that. I want to say maybe mm, about 10 years ago. Um, and I guess that's through following l loads of uh, Latinxes on the Twitter and um, just being exposed to her and her influence that way. Mm. Um, I do need, I think I do owe it to myself to stick on a couple of her albums today and embrace her in my life. Mm. You will only I, enjoy I, it. Mm, it will only I was, be a good thing. Yeah, I was just watching Corpus, that uh, PBS documentary, and uh, I thought it was very sweet. It's I liked what her fans had to say about her. I think, yeah, it's like... Oh, I mean, there's so many like fan-based versions of iconic people, especially iconic people that have died. But, like, Selena's really feels like it's one of the ones that's had the most, like, positive impact, especially on, like, young women. Like, you can mm. see it in, like 
the way that all of her fans like dress in that documentary, how they're literally just like mimicking her and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really nice. And yeah, a lot of that documentary is kind of um, pieced together with words from her fans mm. just about, you know, you don't watch it to get information you could get off Wikipedia. You watch it to see how she touched people and influenced their lives. And nine times out of ten, everyone who spoke about her to the cameras was saying she was such a good person Mm. time and time and again it wasn't just oh I like her music oh I like how she dresses and also her cultural impact as well I didn't realize just how how important it must have been to introduce because I as a child of uh, two immigrants from two different countries I speak neither of my parents languages I mean I understand them a little bit and I know some phrases but nothing much but having someone um, who represents your culture that you might have tried to push down or your parents might have tried to push down um, in order to help you, you know, quote-unquote, assimilate. Mm. And so having that representation must have been so impactful because if you remember that one girl, she was like, um, she could speak back in, in Spanish to her mother now. And it's just little things like that that people don't realise the value of in representation. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Also, because in Mexico, we still have, even now, we still have this issue where everyone that you see in the media tends to be very blonde and white, and that's mm-hmm. a testament of beauty. And so it was really, like, refreshing to, to see an, a music artist who was very visibly dark-skinned and mm. dark-haired with, like, a natural curvy body, and um, all these little girls had hair to look up to, and they felt special about themselves and yeah. empowered, and that's, yeah, I think... I also watched a documentary last night and it was just so touching seeing all the little kids um, mm-hmm. performing her songs and dressing up as her. And uh, I think that's, I think where her impact, where she had the most impact was in, in young women and children. But she had that girl next door look about her, you know, just watching anything, even just a music video, you feel like you could approach her on the street and she would give you a huge hug and be all smiley and welcoming and warm and inviting. And obviously that resonated with people as well, because it's not just a star that looks like me, it's a star that looks like she could be any one of my friends or just any person I walk past um, on the street. So rather than this kind of... um, stereotypical Eurocentric view of beauty. We have someone who's kind of grounded in reality mm. in both superficially and internally. Yeah, mm. definitely. And it's like it's really interesting that people like often call her like the Kiana Madonna. Mm. But imagine if you saw like even like eighties Madonna walking down the street, I would be like, Oh my god. Yeah. It'd be absolutely <laughs> terrifying. But yeah, like you say, if you saw Selena, I feel like it yeah, it's someone that's like recognisable but I don't know if it's partly because she was so young when she got famous as well. Like, yeah. She was literally coming of age mm. with all that fame. And I think you either are generally, like, grounded or you go insane. Like, all the people we've got in our generation, like Justin Bieber, Amanda Bynes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it's also her upbringing. It seemed like she had a very close relationship to her family and mm. kept them kept really grounded and humble. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, she was with her family, like, yeah. all the time. So, like, her brother and her sister were in the band. Her dad was I love that her manager. sister was playing drums, by the yeah. way. I she know! Awesome. Yeah. yeah, there's all this whole thing about how, like, there's so many radical, like, feminist, like, punk bands. Like, I suppose it was kind of 
Does the right goal movement like at the same time in the US? I guess it would, wouldn't it? This is early 90s. Is early? Yeah. yeah. There might have been a bit of cro- a cultural crossover, but yeah, it's mm. so weird that that was going on and that was so radical, but then at the same time it was just totally normal that, yeah, there was this band that was fronted by a young woman and then, yeah, like a fucking <laughs> badass female drummer <laughs> yeah. as well. And it was just, it was songs about embracing your sexuality and your mm-hmm. desire and mm-hmm. recognising that women feel those things and yeah. that it doesn't less it um, doesn't lessen them. So should we talk about the film? Because yeah, I feel like there's a lot to have you you've all seen the film, right? Yes. Have you seen oh. it, Sarah? I have seen enough clips from it to piece it together. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's a film that you probably could watch like I think I actually got into Selena's music and then watched the film, but I feel mm. like it's definitely a very accessible film so that even if you don't know anything about her music or her life story like it's still interesting and yeah still, like, enough for everyone because some biopics are kind of like you have to care enough about the person beforehand yeah to watch them yeah and i think the one thing that the film um does well and i think this is because her family was super involved maybe i'm also getting sort of ahead. So I, I do want to like dwell on the film a lot before we get into this. Um, but it does focus a lot on her life and doesn't visualize her death. Because I think there are a lot of biopics, you know, that you go into them knowing that the person um, died young or they died tragically. And there is a feeling always of this sort of like this impending sense of doom um, you're waiting for that moment in the climax where it's just like, oh yeah, this person is, is eventually going to die. But this, but, but this film is such a celebration of her life and all the things that we we're talking about, how warm she is, her confidence, um, the way she, uh, how self-possessed she was. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's still dramatic. Um, the, <laughs> the moment where she, um, marries Chris, Chris Perez, her um, guitarist, the guitarist in the band, uh, played by John Cena, hottie from the mid-90s, <laughs> <laughs> um, is, uh, it's incredible because, you know, uh, well, she's quite young, her family like obviously disapproves of it, um, but <laughs> the way that that, that um, moment is is uh, treated in the film somehow works, even though, I mean, this basically what I'm saying is the film is not, you know, inherently dramatic. Uh, but there are a lot of moments like that that I think are just really well handled. Um, and it's not sensationalist. Um, yes, I love it. You don't even see the death on screen. No, you, you don't, don't see the death, know. yeah. Which I really appreciate. I Yeah, yeah. That scene where she's on stage and the white rose falls down. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. oh. Tasha, do you think it's... Um, Mexican cultural attitudes to death kind of influenced the way that she was portrayed in the film. You know, it's more of a focus on celebrating her life versus Definitely, building yeah. to something dramatic. The way my mum always tells, like, says it to me is that death is such a big part of Mexican culture. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. The only way to, like, process it and not be so depressed <coughs> is to celebrate it. And that's a big part of the way uh, it's talked about in music and in films. And in art as well, um, and I think yeah, I think it's 
it, it is unfortunate that you don't actually see because it would be gratuitous to see her tragically right exactly mm. we know we know how it yeah happened, or at least some people have some idea of what happened it doesn't need to be shown yeah um and yeah i i think it's I, i'm just remembering like the there's a beautiful montage of like um all her fans with the candles, with candles. Oh. Beth again the little children oh. that like looked up to her um yeah i think it's really important to see that her her cultural impact on on uh, young latin americans we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because I, we've <laughs> i'm sure we've gone on several tangents thus far but it, I love the film Coco. I really yeah. love Coco. I was just about to make that <laughs> connection as well. Why on earth is Selena not in Coco? Because that's a full star and a half dot from that film. Yeah. Honestly, I said I said to Kelly when I watched when I first saw Coco, I was like, I know for a fact that white people made this film because there is no way Selena would not be in that Mexican I mean, afterlife. You mean to tell what? me he ran into Frida Kahlo, but he did not <laughs> run into Selena singing Two Solo Two? You're talking about what? What is his name? Ernesto de la Cruz is the biggest star in in, in the Mexican afterlife, not Selena. Some Elvis ripoff. I think not. <laughs> No, but I, actually, going back to that montage that you talked about in, in the Selena film, it just shows that she does continue to live, mm. but just in a different way. Yeah. You know, that her influence and the way and her music is what keeps her alive. Like, her death is not important. It's just another motion that you go through in, in life. Um, I kind of like, I really do love that spiritual take on it. And by the way, yes, there is enough isolation vocal tracks out there for you to have put Selena walking past Ernesto and like outshining him with yes. a sparkly jumpsuit. I mean, I'm pissed about that as well. <laughs> it's disrespectful to us. Maybe in Coco you could. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Selena's just a spiritual guide. Thank you. <laughs> That's what we want. Um, I try to pick up on like this idea of how much of a cultural impact she's been like do you think that she's still relevant in pop culture and do you think that other people in pop culture have kind of taken on like elements of her Definitely. Like, now, that, now that there's talk like a 90s revival i think mm. that, you know her costumes her makeup yeah the music in general i think it's if anything i've been seeing more and more like conversations about selena now in the last few years and i'm like oh my god like i think oh, it yeah. definitely yeah yeah, and you know, I mean, she she absolutely is because you still have, huh, like Kim Kardashian a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. Don't remind was, me of that boomerang. I know. Please. I just like, <laughs> it, you know, is is dressing up like Selena. People still, I still see um, people, you know, for Halloween dressing up like Selena. I think her. I mean, that is not. We don't. I don't want to make that like the cultural barometer. But <laughs> it is. Um, I st- I think that she um, she's she's continuously relevant, especially because of the way that she moved on stage. I mean, she her career. Um, her well, when she was like a young adult, she was performing at the same time as people like Janet Jackson mm-hmm. and Paula Abdul, and so she embodied a lot of that. Um, you know, sensu- sensuality that a lot of women performers at the time were bringing to the stage. Um, 
I just, if anybody has not, has not done this, to the people who listen to this, the world, basically, <laughs> um, if you have not, just go on YouTube and watch videos of Selena performing. She's incredible. It's not just about, like, the way that she dances. I mean, it, so much of it is about the way that she moves, but there's such a, um, there's such a charisma and, and presence, and uh, she's clearly somebody who loves to perform, and you, I mean, you see that, um, in, in, I think, rare and rare now, um, you have, like, we have Beyonce, obviously, mm. that's an entirely <laughs> different conversation, but performance has become so much less, um, pertinent it's to becoming, to do yeah, rather than like that. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many of these like young girls out there that I listen to. I can see their records, but they just like don't like to perform. And she was somebody who loved to perform. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. So yeah, because she loves, she loves, um, she loves dancing. She loves singing. She like obviously had such like an involvement in her her image and her look, like for the fashion line. She designed her right. outfit. Yeah. 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 Like the was it the cow print? Yeah. Brown yeah. 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 cow. She loved it. Uh, yeah. So there was a strategy that she was implementing into the performances. Like it was clearly coordinated, and um, yeah, you do you don't get that anymore. I wish, yeah, more people should take that from her. <laughs> I would argue. And obviously, you can see as well, like what big influence she's been on Cardi B. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, what did she call herself? The Queen, the Harlem Selena. What is? Where is Queen, Cardi B? Yeah, called? what Queen was that? Like, people got mad about that. There's that. Uh, what's what song? The when she's like, I turn off that on. What's that set? Um, Barty Cardi. No. What is that? So that song was We're called big Most Cardi Sport. Most Sport. Oh. And she's like. Dominica Selena, I'm the trap, trap Selena. Oh, trap Selena. Selena. I like how the only way I could remember was by singing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, the trap, trap Selena. Selena. Yeah, people got really upset about that for a reason <laughs> that we know. <laughs> um, yeah, an enduring cultural legacy, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it's nice that she's not just been forgotten. And I think it's interesting as well like i can never really gauge how much of an impact she has on culture that isn't necessarily pop culture because i think she's had a big influence on black culture you know yeah well but and also she absolutely incorporated elements of black culture and black yeah. music style into her music mm-hmm. um and she herself like fully admitted that also take note some of y'all you <laughs> girls out here <laughs> she fully acknowledged that she was influenced by janet jackson mm-hmm. um um, and the other Jacksons, and... <laughs> Are they, I'm, I don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, Chad, <laughs> Wesley. Um, can I ask other people what are their favorite scenes from the, from the movie? Oh, it's a good, good question, Tessa. Oh, well, we... Well, first of all, the the scene where I think the her family's like bus steps, I don't know. Oh, get, they get it breaks. Yeah, it breaks, breaks down. down that like, is hilarious. The two guys that come over and they're like, Selena, Selena. Yeah. You're like, not not <laughs> Selena, like Selena's with an S. <laughs> well, they're like anything for Selena. <laughs> but that whole sequence, having just I just recently also rewatched Selena. <laughs> um, that whole sequence is hilarious. Um. 
and is also really um, indicative of her family's involvement in it uh, because it, it it does this really beautiful job of in, in of being funny and entertaining, but also um, really defining the relationships between them mm-hmm. because it's like Susie and uh, Suzette and Selena. Um, when A.B., her, her younger brother, well, not her younger brother, excuse me, her oldest brother, mm-hmm. um, has to take the bus out to get gas. Yeah. And the girls come with him, and he's just like, no, don't come <laughs> to me. And then the bus breaks down, obviously. Um, and Selena was uh, imitating their father and how he would react <laughs> to him being called. Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe this, son. What were you thinking? And it was like the next scene is him doing exactly that. And then he's like, who's that laughing? Is that Selena? <laughs> Degree being used uh, to its <laughs> right. all, that, all that money has gone to a good use. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, I love I love fashion and I love musique, so I love the uh, montage of oh. uh, when she's ringing by that. Is it? Beanie Beanie Bum Bum. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the one where she's like, where she keeps twirling and yeah. the outfits keep changing. Yeah, it's Beanie Beanie Bum Bum. Yeah. Uh, I just love a good montage oh. of someone becoming more and more famous. Yeah. <laughs> As people may know, I'm a big fan of a certain film star named Gaga. So um, I just, I love, I love, I love a montage of someone becoming famous, and I think that's a really good one. What's your opinion of the Lizzie McGuire montage? With that weird cover of um. Uh, what is it? Is you it better work. Phenomenal. Really? Oh, the igloo dress. dress. Oh, yeah. man. Which now has come full circle because that was Ariel Versace's entrance look. Was it? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, okay. I need to rewatch <laughs> did you it. Think, did you think just because two people were guests on the show that Joe watched Drag Race, me and Sarah wouldn't talk about it? <laughs> I, I fully you. expected oh, it. I was yeah. fu- fully yeah. expected it. My scene is, is like maybe such a downer. <laughs> it's not a downer. It's the scene where she essentially proposes to Chris in the hotel. Um, I don't know why I like that scene. I think I just like the music in that scene um, uh, by a composer called Dave uh, Grusin. I think it's how you pronounce his last name. And he scored a lot of films during the early 90s. Um, that some many of them were not good. Some of them were very good, like The Firm and, um, and Selena. Um, but she just sort of says to him, um, yeah, I think I, I really want to get married. Actually, I like all of the scenes between Chris and Selena, now that I'm thinking about it. Because after he trashes the hotel, and mm. she just like, uh, I, I aspire to be as confident in my relationship. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I really like the scene where she proposes to him, and then ultimately at the end, he's just like, let's do it, and they hug. And there's something about that scene that just like makes me like, ugh. It always destroys me emotionally yeah and then in the car of emotional destroying like christine and the mole that that gets i I cry every single time christine went around that lady is racist to them apparently yeah but i just think it's so it so shows how someone can have no cultural impact on one cultural race but has such a cultural impact yeah people because Mm -hmm. all the white people in the mall just like going on their business and they're just like oh this lady just came to try on a dress and yeah the woman in the shop's really racist to them but then all the like Latinx people in the mall, like Steve, all the people working at the mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and how they like, just get that was the scene I was gonna pick as well. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and obviously she gets her like uh, pussy all over. Yeah, her yeah. As well. yeah. She like she like widgets him and he 
Yeah. <laughs> also, um, I'm just remembering another favourite scene of mine is um, when she's in. They're talking about how they Mike's were in Mexico. They're gonna they were gonna do a gig in Mexico. Oh. And the dad's like on this rant about how you can't be oh. American or Mexican I love it. enough. And it's like a constant struggle, especially if you've been brought up as Mexican American, because that's that's another thing that I. I also identify with is that she did, she grew up as an American essentially. Mm, yeah. She had she was she wasn't fluent in Spanish. She had to be taught the songs in Spanish. Yeah. Um. At when she was a child, but she still even into her adulthood, she still wasn't fluent. And um, they knew that if she did interviews in Mexico, that she would be hated and mocked because of that. Because mm. Uh, understandably so as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love I just love that speech, and then because she's just like constantly eye-rolling her father yeah and then he's going on a rant again he's being too emotional about it but yeah everything he said kind of made a lot of sense i think the scene after that as well where they um well first the scene where she's um doing the press conference yeah. um is really uh and and we'll give jennifer lopez again her props she's really <laughs> great in this scene because she does capture how charming selena is mm. there there's another interview out there where she's on a television show, and she says a word incorrectly in Spanish, mm. um, but she plays it. She plays it off so charmingly. Yeah. Um, I think she says something like, "Oh, well, I'm Tex-Mex" or something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, and she and, and and really and truly like that was that is um, how she how she was in, in, in so many interviews, like just so lovable. So like even when she you know made a mistake, she was just so. Um, uh, winsome in the way that she presented herself, mm-hmm. um, but I I also really love the scene where they perform and the stage because people are so yeah. excited to see her. The stage mm-hmm. is about yeah. to collapse, and there's actually really um, there's a poignant moment where Abraham is like, "I'm not gonna let them perform because those are my children." Mm-hmm. Um, and Selena goes back out and calms down the crowd and sings "Como la Flor," yeah. Yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah. And it's that build up as well. She's like, "We're gonna start playing." Yeah, it's that. a banger. Yeah. I even, like, held my breath. Yeah! Oh, yes! <laughs> well, I think that's the mark of a good biopic is that even though you know what's going to happen, you're still, like, on edge. You're like, oh, yeah. what's going to happen now? Is she going to get famous? Is that song going to get played on the radio? And you're like, wait, this is real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know what happened. Kim, on well, that... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was actually going to pick the same scene as Grace, the subversion of the pretty woman scene. Because I don't know how... <laughs> But I was just trying to think of, of, of another one. And the one that comes to mind is when they find out about the embezzlement and all the fan, mm. fan club issues and stuff. And I don't know. I just The dialogue is always really funny to me in that scene because I don't know how real it is or not. Because she goes, like, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to my fans? And uh, I don't know if she actually said it like that or just slapped the, the hell out of her and swore, swore at her. But I'm inclined believe the latter but i don't know how true that is so what do you think i just think that was partly bad screenwriting yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because That's yeah she does say that like how could you do this to my fans <laughs> yeah. yeah did selena's fans have a name like you know how like everyone's like mariah has her lambs and like little monsters and stuff yeah i don't know i think wasn't that pre pre-naming yeah, pre. yourself mm. Because I know Selena Gomez fans call them Selenators. Who's speaking of which? Talking about her cultural impact. 
Uh, Sorry? So, oh, no. I was just going to say, um, as, an, as, as, as an aside, Selena Gomez is actually named for Selena. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And she, it's Selena Gomez, yeah, and Selena Gomez was born in 1994, I think. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about that. Actually, don't hold me to that. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she was some born. Kind of 20, she's some kind of 20. Right? And that is, yeah, that's her impact. That Selena's, Selena's fans, children, are stars now. <laughs> yeah, that's also wow. from Texas. Yes, yeah. However, I do not appreciate the fact that if I'm trying to search Selena or Nurse yeah. for fun, Selena Gomez, for fun. Preach on that. It's, yeah, that's it's upsetting. It's so well, funny. I saw that, that there's actually a version, a remix of Biddy Biddy Bum Bum featuring Selena mm. Gomez. I was yep. like, I will never listen to this nope. in my life. Nope. I don't, it, it sounds too painful just thinking about it. <laughs> Selena Gomez hasn't tried to like tap into her to be entitled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she should change her name. <laughs> she should change her name, actually. Sorry. Also, let's just talk about Selena Gomez. Speaking of, like, lackluster performing. <laughs> yes, we're back. Oh, Selena. <laughs> La Reina. <laughs> the real question is, when are we going to get a new biopic starring Demi Lovato? No. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth. There are, am I right? They're doing a Netflix TV show. Yeah, they are. Yes. Yeah. We know any details about that yet? I feel like <sighs> Kelly's really, Kelly's happy about it. <laughs> who, would, who would who would be cast as? Oh, no one. Anyone else? I was curious. I don't. I want people to leave all of the things in my childhood alone. <laughs> Disney, all of y'all, stop it. Not just like Steve Rodriguez. Oh my <laughs> god. Sarah, how Sarah, how do you feel about a Selena biopic starring Valentina? Who's Valentina? Is this Drag Race? race? Yeah, <laughs> this is Drag Race. I was just trying to think, what would she reference? Like, what would be her one point of reference <laughs> that she just repeats over and over and over again? This is uh, incredibly disciplined from you, actually, that you've only thus far done two Drag Race re- so references. No, but it's actually interesting because this drag queen is, she is, she is Mexican descent, isn't she? Ooh, I, I thought she was Venezuelan. I think she's Mexican. Anyway, um, she's really influenced. <laughs> she's really influenced by Selena. Like she has a lot of Selena like performances, mm. and she basically stole one of her outfits for for Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that allowed in Drag Race? Influence. Yeah, oh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> There's no rules here. Okay, my my vote is on Valentina, but we think Demi Lovato is more realistic. The uh, yeah, the <laughs> only way that I will accept another Selena biopic is if they were doing the work of making it a Mexican actress. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, Valentina is a Mexican. I just yeah. looked it up, so Grace wins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. The I'm on board is, with the that. The is complete. Can um, Edward James almost still be in it? That's his name, sure. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he, he could just be Abraham. the dad again. Maybe they could just remake, just remake the entire thing, but with more budget this time. <laughs> just, just, <save laughs> just age him down using the same technology they used on Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel. Oh my days. Easy. Stunning. Sorted. Um... <laughs> So I think we should get into the music and then maybe come back to some of these other questions. Let's do it. So we're trying something new, new and exciting this mm-hmm. month. So we've asked both our guests to select their three favourite Selena songs and then we're going to have a little little chat about them. Yes. So first up we have Tasha's picks and we're going to hear a bit of Como La Flor. <laughs> Thank you. 
listen to the lyrics that I've written. And um, the lyrics are so beautiful. It's just such a beautiful song. Uh, it always gets me that part where she says, um, "Come and live well," which is like yeah. the pain, like yeah. the pain you bring me. I don't know the literal yeah. translation, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's my favorite part to sing. Like, <laughs> Come on, come and live well. I really like put it in. I <laughs> what is the ratio? Would you say of like happy to sad to Lena Swain? Because even something like this is obviously about like love and mm-hmm. like heartbreak and stuff. A lot of my favorite songs of hers are heartbreak songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Love ballads in Spanish just smack me. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Facts. I was trying to listen to some of her English language songs, and it just—I mean, they're all good and really great to dance to, but they don't—they're not—don't impact me in such mm. an emotional way. Um, I think just songs like "This Is Sad." Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Too sad. Yeah, I think in Romance language and Indo-European languages that aren't necessarily Germanic, there's just they have a lot, their phrases and uh, terms of endearment are a lot more poetic, you know? Mm. And the way that they talk about pain and heartbreak and stuff. I mean, if uh, my references aren't Spanish, obviously, but, you know, if I go to something like Dari, you when you're upset, you say, Dilema Aushad, like, my heart is drowning. And that's just, like, a normal thing people say every day. Mm. So, yeah. I just, I just kind of, I find it so interesting when people say, "Oh, English is the most complex, beautiful language." When oh. I don't necessarily <laughs> agree who at all. That? Yeah, oh, who do you think, English people? <laughs> That's why they say Shakespeare is the greatest writer. I'm all like, well, Yikes. how do you know? How do you know? Like, oh. and if you look at someone like Rumi, he's only been translated by other English people. Mm. I just bought a copy, a copy of the Masnavi Book One, translated by an Afghan guy, and it's just, it comes. It's just so much richer and, and denser because they truly understand what... I don't even know how to explain, explain it, but just, you know, how much more lyrical those languages are in comparison to English and, I don't know, Swedish or whatever. Mm. I think it's important as well to acknowledge, like, so I don't know that much Spanish, and when I'm listening to Selena songs, I'm definitely not translating them into <laughs> Spanish, but they still bang, and you can still definitely, like get the uh get the meaning of the translation across just from mm-hmm. like, the way that she sings them and yeah. the tone of her voice. I think yeah. that's really important. Like yeah. good music slaps and in any way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can see from her live performances, like she viscerally emotes, like every yeah, single yeah. word. You can see it from the expression on her face and the way that she moves. It's like it's a whole complete piece and I think that's why she loves I think putting two and two two and two together in that regard, you can see how much she loved performing because she was able to communicate everything that the song is about. Yeah, that's so true. She's not just someone that's just like standing there like, ah. Notice I didn't say anything so I didn't want to drag anything <laughs> in, in particular. But yeah, it was a whole it was a whole performance. It was like everything. Mm. Okay, let's see. Let's go on to something a little bit more dramatic. Oh, oh. banger upon okay. banger. This is Sionavez. <laughs> Sometimes quite long 
<laughs> you, it's so dramatic. All of her I songs know. are really <laughs> deeply dramatic. Oh, oh. They're setting a the queen. tone, yeah. establishing shots, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fucking performances I do for this, like in my bedroom or like my kitchen or something, mm. I just am immediately like some kind of like superstar. Or, like, and this song in particular has great lines because it's just like, whether you translate them or sing them in Spanish, it's just empowering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there is a, there's a, in the bridge when she's just says like, you know, if I once love you, I was crazy. I was like, yeah. oh, Selena, speak up. <laughs> You're so What's the expression? Speak, speak the truth and shame the devil. Yeah, she was like, ugh. And, it, and it's also just like, it's just great to sing it. And now I can't sing it because it's just like, it's not playing. <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah. Also, no a great last note. Oh, man. Oh. You're the first person to sing on our podcast, I think. No, you're not. But, you know. That's <laughs> we we, we, we <laughs> pretty much sang for our entire trailer, so Really walk the line between being obviously I'm making a joke and just like fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> had a falling out because of a, of a misunderstanding <laughs> about dates yesterday I think yeah. I don't know our friendship was on the line because really Grace doesn't read my text yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Sarah cares more about the Star Wars than she does about me <laughs> I mean I, I was stressed we were all stressed <laughs> I think that's a fair that's a fair point Sarah I, I don't see what you did wrong <laughs> exactly Wow. Um. Yeah. What is it? If I, that was a thing of yesterday, cosa cosa de de. Okay, I'll stop because that's bad. <laughs> but she's the, yeah. If I once loved you, that was a thing of yesterday, yeah. and it's just beautiful. Also, mm. I love the raspiness of her voice, especially yeah. when she speaks mm. sings in Spanish. It really Ooh. comes out because yeah. she's going for that sort of like mariachi yeah. style way of singing, and also the the intro is very like mariachi. Yeah. Thing. And I just love her, her more, I, in general, I love, like, angry, emotional love songs. <laughs> and then, and especially with with um, Latin American songs, it's, whenever they talk about love or loving someone, it's like life or death. Like, yeah. I'll, if mm-hmm. you don't love me, I'll kill you or I'll kill myself. It's very, very dramatic. <laughs> Beautiful. Right, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that tends to be though. a pattern oh. in... Um, in in any sort of country where where you know that the women will definitely curse you if you're up for no good, <laughs> I find that in my own cultures as well. <laughs> I think it's pretty much not every single non-English culture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> in English, like, despite having Shakespeare, just so very like passive about love. Mm-hmm. Although I suppose even Romeo and Juliet's not set in England, is it? Nope. No. That, that extraness can never come from England, please. <laughs> <laughs> you don't love me, alright, then see you later. That's it. Bye. We'll move on to the next one. The most dramatic English music has ever got when it comes to love is um that song by N Dubs where they're like names. <laughs> Which I didn't even hear you over myself laughing. What song? <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, that that was dramatic. That was a twist. 
Well, not Charmaine by Plan B. Oh my god. <laughs> are you guys, are either of you acquainted with uh, Charmaine by Plan B? I'm asking for no. ages. I'm acquainted with Plan B. I'm acquainted with Plan B, yeah. So this is a really weird thing. I feel like the Plan B that's been around in British pop culture is very different to the Plan B that's kind of dominated worldwide culture because he really, he edited his image very well. Because, like, yeah, Charmaine was so big when we were, like, I don't know, like, 11, 12, I guess. Way too young to be listening to stuff like that. Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. And it was, like, one of those videos that would always be on, like, a really bad YouTube video. Someone would, um written the lyrics out on on like windows movie maker <laughs> and it's basically about this guy that sees this really hot um mixed race girl and is like i'm gonna chat to her chat to any international fans and listeners means uh seduce her <laughs> and they go on this date and they have sex and it's great and he's like i love this girl and he's telling his oh friends, yeah and he describes his like thrusting in detail doesn't he yes he does <laughs> yeah. it's oh god okay now carry on you've got to reveal really, the twist it's a really haunting song so he's like telling his friend about like, the day and this like amazing girl that he's met and he's like and his friend's like Charmaine Charmaine De La Rosa I hate the fact that I know her whole name <laughs> and then it ends with this like this line delivery that's like blood that girl's 14 <gasps> What? I have to listen to this. That's like yeah. Oh, it's pretty much. Oh my it's, goodness! It's like he's a bard or something. <laughs> I just died inside. Shakespeare who? <laughs> <laughs> That's a real British British wordsmith right there. But the chorus. I don't know if you know this song. Um, it's by Gary Puckett called Young Girl. Oh, so it yeah. interpolates the lyrics from young, the chorus of Young Girl. But I didn't realise that until recently. Well, I, don't, I say recently, whenever I was around Grace's and we were playing loads of songs on YouTube and singing them too loudly. Um, young Girl, Get Out of My Mind. My Love for You is Way Out of Line. Which, oh. It's a creepy song in general, but mm-hmm. just to, I think he obviously knew that and to use that as well. Anyway, back to Selena, who was yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Selena, right? Selena would never do this. No, Selena. <laughs> she always thinks about age-appropriate love. So, <laughs> I mean, she does have a more prohibito. Prohibito. But I don't think that's because she was. Uh, no, it's forbidden yeah. love because it's. Their families don't like each other or something. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, but do you remember the time, Grace, that we were in that cafe? It was like, well, was it a cafe? It was like oh, a Mexican uh, restaurant. What was that one called? I can't remember what. It, yeah, I can't remember what so it's called. Nice. That Mexican yeah. place. We're in a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and we were having Highly a conversation about something entirely unrelated to Selena. So it was me, Grace. Um, and two other friends of ours, Fatima, uh, shout out to Fatima, who's upstairs right now. <laughs> um, but we were eating and Amor Prohibido came on and I, like the hugest uh, dictator, I was just like, shh, shh, everybody be quiet, everybody be quiet. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure that it was that song. And then it was, and I started, We it was also quite late at night. We were like the only people in that restaurant. They were ready for us to get out so that they can close. And uh, I ended up singing Amor Provito to everybody. Um, yeah, it was against a their serenade, will. Yeah. If you are. It's yeah. Very beautiful and tender moment. A non consensual serenade. <laughs> Nobody Grace, wanted is this it. a regular occurrence with you? Because I swear I did that with uh, Billy Joel um, <laughs> My Life. Yes, you did. Was it? Well, did I sing or did I dance? I can't remember. You did both. It was like that scene in Nathan for you where he dances, which again we've talked about this podcast before. 
where he dances for Francis. Was it Francis? No, 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 it was that stripper. Oh, oh no, yeah, it was, yeah, she, was, yeah. she was an escort, I think. That's, oh, haunting. Very haunting. What does Juana serenade you? I know, it's weird so I just have one of those posters of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, for those of you that can't see into this, which would be everyone apart from us, <laughs> she's we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. She's wearing leather trousers and she looks fucking amazing. She looks incredible. And she does a full dip yeah. and lands gracefully on her <laughs> bottom. I mean, <laughs> your face literally could mm. never. It's true. In leather trousers. She would be an amazing trousers. drag queen. She would. She basically is a drag queen. It's like how you know how mm. people like always say like Dolly Parton is a drag queen. It's like yeah, yeah, to an extent. Like so, are people like Selena, like Janet Jackson, and stuff, who have just had so much like showmanship and like mm. yeah, it's all it's all about the performance, isn't it? It's the extra mm-hmm. effort that she puts into these kind of stuff. Selena walked so Valentina could run. <laughs> that was, that was also that a bad reference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, Selena walked so Selena could run. Gomez. Oh. 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 No. <laughs> it's always a good joke if you have to explain it. <laughs> yeah, so I love this song because basically it's about how this woman's like kind of feeling scorned by her lover and she's like oh you, th- you think you can take me back so easily like think twice oh it's just such a angry i love her like sort of bitter song but then because i also watched this clip like far too many times it just <laughs> makes the experience of listening to it so much better because she's in oh. a stadium like basically mm. threatening her ex-boyfriend oh my as goodness. she sings it mood um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like a lot of uh, audience members, whenever she sang this song, she'd pick up like, some random guy <laughs> out of the audience mm-hmm. and perform it in this way. Um, but he's he's loving it. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say. Well, I was going to say this is the precursor to uh, Stan Twitter saying like, "Run me over with your car." Exactly. I want Selena to like <laughs> yeah. murder right. me. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> She was already there. She was once again. She was a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Okay, Caddy, let's go on to your selections. So up first we have two soldiers. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you sing all the uh, all the song names from now on. <laughs> this is more this is one of uh those songs that sounds uh i mean it is a ballad it's it's so um uh i don't know i guess i i really like the traditional folk elements in the song Mm. um Pedro Infante song. Mm, and it's just like, uh, well, for me, 
I just learned that information because I thought it was a <laughs> Selena original. That's um, it's such a mariachi sound. Yes. Yeah. It's very good, and I listen to it a lot in my bed um, at the end of the day with ice cream. And that's it. Oh. That's it. <laughs> I mean, no, but it's not sad. I just like the way that it... <laughs> No, I like that. I it's like that. Sad, I like that's what you've done to people. <laughs> I actually do. Well, to be honest, I mean, I like I like emotional moments. They do make me happy. <laughs> uh, I like to be There's emotional. There's an oxymoron if you've ever had yeah. one. <laughs> um, so, yes, it's just, uh, it's such a... Um, um, Beautiful song. It's one of my favorite Selena songs, basically. All of my Selena songs are sad. These are all downers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so. For a woman that all made so many yeah. uplifting, yeah. beautiful songs, you guys have really delved into like, the most <laughs> the, the sad deep cuts, please. <laughs> give me angst or give me death. That's what I say. That's all I want. That's all I want. Um, two, less, two Solo 2 is beautiful, though. Also because I, another thing I was going to say is that uh, Jesus, the fact that she introduced younger audiences to a much older um, genre of Mexican music mm. was, some, I mean, I think that was so important. She incorporated mariachi and mm. uh, cumbia and then also Ugh. pop and a bit of disco. And it, for especially Chicano or Chicano um, audiences, that must have been so lovely to yeah. see mm. just for that to become a bit more mainstream and especially for children I think mm. that's important that yeah. they can yeah, to connect with their relatives and ancestors and their cultural heritage it is as you say great interesting that we have not picked more cumbias because <laughs> <laughs> she had she was yeah. dropping cumbias out the <laughs> like yeah. just raining cumbias on us and we we're like no <laughs> and also I feel like going off what you said it's also kind of like a cooler way of people to get in touch with like their yeah. culture she would like she'd yeah like do a song like this and then she'd do like a, di- a disco medley yep. and we'd be like oh I know these songs and if Selena's doing them we can yes. do stuff like that and yeah. I also think I don't know if Sadia was around at the same time or maybe a few years after but I think she definitely must have been inspired by her music because she also incorporates a lot of those mariachi yeah. sounds and the lyrics of like being so old fashioned about oh. love and uh, that became like much more popular in Latin American Queen. <laughs> Should we go on to another depressing deep cut? Yes, my favorite deep cut. I mean, I know I just said two solo twos, <laughs> but also this is also my favorite, equally my favorite. I mean, this hit is the clip, off. Craig. <laughs> Roll clip. <laughs> De tristeza y lágrimas no me queda más. Uh, <laughs> let me just paint a picture for the listener. <laughs> the rest of the podcast is just collective, just moaning. Yes. <laughs> Everyone was dancing. Everyone was feeling spiritual. <laughs> um, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was. 
just being a sirens like so hard. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. So that that okay. says something, I think. That's fine. Oh, allow it. Thank you. <laughs> Any more thoughts? Oh, <laughs> it's just a banger. I mean, like it just goes hard, as you said. Like there, there, it only plays for uh, annoyingly, just like a split second in the film. Mm-hmm. I think it plays after Beedi Beedi Bum Bum montage, actually. Um, and she just sings like a little bit of it, but the actual music video is amazing. I mean, she looks incredible. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm saying this a lot. Um, and Selena is more than her looks, but <laughs> obviously, but she looks incredible in this video. There's like a there's a montage of what are clearly just like a VHS type <laughs> situation. <laughs> um, just to you know timeline purposes um, of her moments with her lover um, and. What is it? No Me Queda Mas is like something no more. Um, you don't want me anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's it's dark, but I love it. That's how we like there's it. An, there's another ice cream song in my bed. Isn't that just like everything? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm often eating ice cream in my bed. <laughs> Which brands do you recommend? Let's just ben do and three Jerry's brands. Three songs, three brands. No, no, there's only one. I am American. Ben and Jerry's only. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's beginning and flavors though. Okay, fish food is really good. <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. had have two, two, <laughs> Oh my days. Also, I will give you four actually. So fish food is good. <laughs> you have um, uh, what is it called? It's like mud something. Um, is it well, that? Like, oh no, half baked is what it's called. Half baked. Oh, half yeah, baked. With the cookie and the, the cookie dough. Yeah. Yes. Um, birthday cake. Fantastic. I've not had birthday yeah. cake Get yeah, that I birthday to, cake. Birthday cake is amazing. Little pieces of birthday cake? Are I'm you kidding me? Um, do, is is that sold in the UK though? Yes. It is now. Yeah, okay. Yep. Very recent. But what isn't sold in the UK and what I am planning to get and always get when I go home is American Dream. Because I'm basic in that way. But also American Dream <laughs> goes hard. What it's is delightful. it? It's cone? Yes. Is that it? Oh. Well, no, it's ice cream, and I think there's, like, caramel and stuff in it. There's, I mean, no, I, I don't that would have been, question. wouldn't have been good on its own, but I was just like, just cone. No, it. no, there's more stuff in it. Can oh. they not do more? Also, the chocolate brown, the vegan chocolate brownie, the vegan version, is tastes so much better than the normal one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, again, more controversial opinions. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we like them. Sarah, before we move on to the next song, uh, favourite Ben and Jerry flavour? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, I don't know what it's called. It's the one that's got caramel in the middle. Oh, the one that's like a ho- <laughs> I was going to say, it's got a hole in it. Um, yeah. Just like my heart. I don't know. I don't know, I like that one. Yeah, so my last one is, you know, Natasha, I love how you gave, like, really in-depth and emotional, sincere explanations for why you love this song, your song. Um, I like this song because I get to say, El Chico del Apartamento Cinco Doce. <laughs> and that is it, and that is all. And it. Que me está el 
very joyous. Yeah. And I think, so is this like a cumbia like tempo? I would say this is cumbia. Yeah. yeah. We got one in there in the air. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have one. We still have Beat Beat Bum Bum for you. Yeah. Real Cumbia is coming out. Yeah. Real Cumbia is out there. Um, I, what was I going to say? I feel like, obviously, again, I don't know whether it's just in Spanish. I love, I love a good song that tells a story. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is telling the story. Ugh. Oh, God. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can only <laughs> make noises at this point. Kelly's just been moved to no I, words. Yeah. No words <laughs> whatsoever. Um... Yeah, and special mention goes to La Cacacha. Yeah, we're just saying that because you can see it. I can it. see it right now. <laughs> I can also see it. Right yeah, now. I can see it, and I just low-key, like, want to start. Because <laughs> <And then laughs> I love how she begins, like, Queen down, cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when the beat drops, uh, you can, I can't not, like, scream internally. <laughs> like, once you've, been, once you've gotten to Uno, and it's just like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Default, be busy, busy, bum, bum, as you've used up everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess I have to. I have to. I have to choose it. I mean, it's a banger. It it's banger. no como la flor, but it is a banger in terms of our most popular ones. It is great. I am gonna go left field ish for mine because my favorite singer song combines two things that I love very much, which is obviously Selena. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did a duet, I think actually a posthumous duet, I think she died before it was released, with David Byrne, who is the other, one of the other great loves of my life. But there is a, mm. a video for this, because at this I've not heard about it. What? Yeah. You didn't hear this? Okay, I'm just gonna, I'll, again, I'll add this in, but uh, let's just have it. Caminando en calle 12 Debes estar en escuela Dulce Angelita because he's singing in English, she's singing in Spanish. Um, obviously, she, you know, she sang songs in English because English is her first language, but I like the fact that there's kind of the interaction of the two languages. Like, mm. as you guys were just saying while while we were playing it, it's like it's kind of, like, sexy and, like, mm. sweet mm. and mysterious, and it's just a bop. And it's great. I think this was, like... I don't know, but I think this was how I got into Selena, actually, because this is in is used in the opening credits for... Um, Blue in the Face, which is the sequel to that, um, fuck, I can't remember the director's name, um, the film Smoke with Harvey Keitelin. Mm. Um, yeah, it's in that, and I was like, obviously I was like, oh, my old friend David Byrne. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, who's this lady? And then I was like, okay, Selena. I can, I can fuck with this, and then yeah, Queen. that was, that was it from there. Uh, guys, I think we should wrap up, because... This has been. Oh, they're saying no. They want more. They want Sorry. more. No, no, no. It's just um, the Forever Twenty One. Oh yes, yeah. that's very true. I was gonna ask for any closing remarks. So yeah, let's talk about how do you guys feel about um the kind of co-option of Selena's image into brands like Match with Selena a couple of years ago. Forever yeah. Twenty One have just done one. Do you approve? Do you condone this? Or are you like fuck that decision? Hmm. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I approve. I approve because, well, first of all, with for, in the case of Forever 21, 
personally, I've always been offended when I see T-shirts that are pictures of a naked Peter Parlow because you know that she, had she been alive, she wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> she, she would, would not, not have been a fan of those. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's. I think it's very appropriate for pop icons. I mean, she just. They they have T-shirts like One Direction, Madonna, Britney Spears, yeah. Houston. Mm-hmm. I think Selena deserves her own her own line. Um, and I think it's a shame. I don't know if it's even going to come out uh, in the UK. This collection. I yeah. feel like it's um very a limited edition and only for the US. I think so. I yeah. I I check like once a week. I tweet from twenty one <laughs> saying when <laughs> saying when can I have a Camilla Floor T-shirt? My family are dying. And Give her a fucking discount. We'll sponsor her. <laughs> oh yes. my god! And we get nothing in return. Um, how do you guys feel about the Mac collection? Which I feel, I think it was that was with the. I don't know about the Forever Twenty One one, but I feel like this is with the participation of Forever the family. Forever Twenty One was also uh, in participation with the sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. They, they use like uh, real like Latin American influences to mm. promote the collection and everything. So, um, but yeah, with Mac, I don't know. I'm okay with Mac doing this because I also think that of the sort of mainstream high-end makeup lines, mm. Mac has always sort of, um, have before a lot of these other brands were doing it, did sort of cater to at least more a, a variety of shades of yeah, complexion. That's true. So I'm okay with it in that sense. Like if it were, you know... Maybelline or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I feel more conflicted about it, but um, I'm okay with it, and I I'm definitely placing it in an order with my mother to go to Forever Twenty One and pick up this in this. <laughs> and uh, so, if anyone's in the UK and wants anything from the Selena collection, just, uh, <laughs> just uh, talk to Kelly's mom and she'll bring it all back for us. Yeah, she's a she's a lovely, lovely woman. <laughs> a, quick, a quick side note: I read somewhere that actually the dad has um, fashioned a a name for um, a makeup company that he might be starting oh. and it's called uh, Selena Viva or Vive like Selena Lives or uh, uh, because it, it was always an aspiration of her to have her own makeup brand so oh. that oh. might be happening in the next mm. few years and I'd be very curious to see how that because it could be sort of uh, a bit um, opportunistic to show the money of her, her brand and her legacy but on the other hand if they do cater it towards like a American or like a dark skinned audience market that might be that might be really good so <laughs> I feel like that would have the perfect red lipstick yes yeah, yeah. it has to yeah. I do I regret not picking up the Maxfelina lipstick because honestly yeah. that color that she wore is fantastic yeah. it's perfect mm. and that was so the cool. most successful um, collection it speaks for itself really then in terms of her impact yeah. i mean even if you don't listen to her music i think a lot of people are f- so familiar with her image and her and iconography associated with her and her and her autograph even you know yeah, yeah. i don't know how many other people you can say that for besides like walt disney <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously he's not dead he's he's frozen so he'll be back <laughs> In Grace's basement. <laughs> um, okay, I have one last question, guys, um, and that is Yolanda Calderon. Yes or no? <laughs> because I've seen some 
very funny and potentially just capable of memes what, involving what kind Amanda. Of memes have you seen? Because Ashley looked this up. I was surprised yeah. this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> have, you, have you not seen the meme that's like it's like a fake news report and it's like Yolanda Saldivar uh, announced as Trump's head of security? Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, no one's safe from being memed at this stage. I mean, there's been memes of Madeleine McCann. <laughs> Exiled from his um from his fur from his uh, family, from his little stingray town. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know maybe uh Steve and Selena are up there together chilling somewhere. That's a nice thought. Should we should we end on that nice thought? On yeah. Just Steve Irwin and Selena chilling together. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. wrestling crocodiles. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been informative and also heartwarming. Mm. And this might be our shortest episode yet. I know. I was just saying something. The miracle of clocking in under two hours. Who knew that was possible? (laughs) Our last episode is literally over two and a half hours. I'm not (laughs) joking. (laughs) Yeah, but you have a lot to say on Star Wars. Oh, there's too much to say. Okay, so we, um, Kelly and Tasha, if you want to tell us uh, where we can follow you on the online. If you want people to follow you, if you don't, you say, I'm an enigma bitch, goodbye. I'm an enigma bitch, goodbye. Thank you. Tasha? I'm also an enigma bitch. (laughs) Did we have real people on our show? Did we have ghosts? (laughs) (laughs) Just simulated voices that we found on the street. Um, Sarah, where can we find you? Because I'm pretty sure you are a real person. Mm, I think it's at Sarah Sahim on Twitter. I'm not sure. I've forgotten my own name. Um, <laughs> also on Instagram, but I forget to take pictures of things unless they're dumb. <laughs> In which case, then I post them to Twitter anyway. So just follow me on Twitter for dumb pictures of things. Um, I, I went on holiday to Paris a couple of years ago. I think the one picture I posted was of a... Of a um, a water fountain. Are they called water fountains? The thing that you drink from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot the name. Of a water fountain in an airport. That was it. <laughs> so oh. you never know what I'm doing or where I'm going or what dumb thing I'm going to do. So that's always fun, I guess. It sounds exciting. Um, and Grace, where can they follow you, uh, bitch? I'm at the uh, lovingly chosen and very simple at Grace Simone across various social media networks. You can also follow the podcast on You Ought to Know Pod on Twitter, and I think that's without a W, is that right? No. Yes. Yes, yes it's without a W. Mm-hmm. And You Ought to Know Pod on Instagram. As you might have gathered, I run the Instagram and not Sarah, who's too busy being <laughs> enigmatic. <laughs> no. <laughs> People know too much about me. Um, but we also have some news. Actually, Grace, when you... Um, when you edit this, maybe we're just insert a little thing of yourself where you say we also have some news to announce at the end of the show so they don't skip this bit. Yes, that is a very Yeah, that's a very good idea. idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have news. We have, we have news. That was a, uh, okay, Grace, would you like to announce our news? Yes. So, uh, people of Manchester and Manchester-adjacent cities, people across, across the UK, in fact, just come to Manchester. It's a lovely place. We are doing our first ever live podcast on the 
as part of Pilot Light TV Festival. She will be honouring the 10th anniversary of life-changing, brilliant, uh, never been done before, put it in the microwave, put it on the blender, uh, brilliant, just overall great. That was my Lady Gaga impression, by the way. Uh, just great TV show, Parks and Recreation. So mm-hmm. come along. Uh, tickets are readily available via the internet. We will put a link to it in the show notes. I'm going to pester Grace about it. And if she doesn't do it, then I'll go in and edit it (laughs) to put the link in. You're trusting me. It's just so heartwarming. I know. I know. Um, And also, thank you to... Let's check our email so I get the name right. Um, Okay, her name is simple. Diana. Thank you, Diana, for buying us a coffee this month. We... uh, What will we use it on, Grace? Another chocolate bar? Probably Shake Shack. Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't, we afford... still haven't, sorry, carry on. I think we can nearly afford one whole burger between the two of us now. And a half a burger each. Yeah, Let, let's, not get, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's not get carried away. We have, we still haven't spent the money from Emmett. It's sitting very nicely in our PayPal, PayPal account because we don't know what to do with it. But we'll figure it out. We'll use it for something good, for the greater good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. Goodbye, bitches. Goodbye. And good boy. Good, good boy. Good boy. You're a good boy, Grace. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop recording that. <laughs>